simply not love your pastor and your first lady. They are amazing men and women of God. Come on, let them have it. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. Come on, somebody let them know this morning. I love them. I had never met Miss Emily. But the night after the church burned down, when I thought that basically everything I had was gone and finished, one of the teenagers from the church said, I want you to watch a video. And she was praying over our church, and something came out of the inside of her and got me up and said, you ain't going to lay down. Get yourself up. And we got up, and we have moved forward. But it is an honor to be here with you this morning, Judah. I can tell you. It is, it is a beautiful honor. Some of my men came with me from, uh, from West Virginia. I thank them for being here. I thank the special people at home that are watching online right now. See, we don't have a 9 o'clock service yet, so we're just 11. So I told them, y'all better be on there at 9 watching. And they're watching with us for my family at home. I love all of them. But we're not here to talk about me. That won't change your life. Let's get into the Word of God. The book of Genesis chapter 24, starting at verse number 10. A little bit of a long scripture to read this morning, but we're going to do it 24, starting at verse number 10. If you're ready, say amen. If you're not ready, be quiet. <laughs> then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia in the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. The time when women would go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men and of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. She says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. We're just going to stop right there and we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask today you would hide my feeble effort behind your cross, Lord. I pray today that you would let my words be your words, my actions be your actions, that your presence would fill this room, that you would change us, Father, that we wouldn't walk out of here the same way we were. God, I understand that we didn't get here today on our own, but you made a way for us to be here today. And I thank you for that. I give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen with me. So this morning I want to talk to you about a camel talk, a camel called grace the story we're reading right here you got to understand the background to it the bible says that abraham calls his servant together one day and says i want you to go to a far country i want you to find a bride for my son i want you to bring a bride back to my son and if you understand that the old testament is a type or a shadow of everything that is to come in the new testament and so there's a shadow and a type here Abraham represents the Father, Father God. Uh, Isaac represents the Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Eleazar is the servant here. He represents the Holy Spirit. And then Rebecca is the bride, the Son's bride. She represents you and I, the church today. So Abraham speaks to his 
servant and says, I want you to go to a far country and I want you to bring a bride back uh, to my son. Uh, I'm so glad today to know that God sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. But if I go not away, the comforter can't come. But if I go away, I shall send another. I'm glad to know that God sent the Holy Spirit here to fetch a bride, that is you and I, to take us home to where the son is. Uh, aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? Give him praise. Come on. Help me a little bit this morning. Picture that with me. The Holy Spirit has come to bring us home. And so the servant, which is the picture of the Holy Spirit here, he gets to this far country and he's, he's thinking, okay, how do I know which bride? I got to do the right thing. I got to get the right one. This is, this is I got to get the bride that I'm supposed to get. And he prays. The servant prays. <laughs> that servant is a picture of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad today to know that when there may not be a man or a woman that is awake on the face of the earth to pray for me. When there may not be a man or a woman that knows what I need in my life. When there may not be anybody that has a heart beating or lungs pumping that can say, I know what you need. There is a spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the one, not it, not the, but him, the third person in the Godhead that is praying for you and I. It says, I know what you need. I always know what you need before you even ask. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. The Bible says that, he says, whichever woman that I ask to give me something to drink, he said, well, if she says, yes, I'll give you drink, let her say, I'll give you camel's drink too. Now, here's what you don't understand. That wasn't an easy task. That was a tough task. Those camels held several gallons of water. So she was going to have to do some work drawing out of that well. I mean, she was really going to have to be someone that just wasn't lazy and said, well, yeah, I'll get you a drink. Here, here's your little something. God's not looking for a bride that when somebody in the world needs something and you have access to living water, that'll say, yeah, here, let me get you a little something here. Here's your little something. He's looking for a bride that has, has access to living water that says, hey, I got a well that'll never run dry. Whatever you need, whatever your kids need, whatever your family needs, whatever the people around you need, I've got it. I know who owns it. I know where to get it at. You come on. We might have to get down and get dirty. I might have to get on my knees. I might have to dig. I might have to pull. But I got something that'll change you forevermore. I feel the Holy Ghost. Give him a praise in this place with me. Help me, Jesus. God sent the servant to look for a bride that is willing. You know, you know what part of our challenge is? I, I truly believe, Pastor, is that we're not willing to get dirty anymore. I, I, I read a story one time of a testimony. And, and, and I got to hear part of it. Only part of it is on, is, on, is on Google. You can find it. There's only a small part of it, and somehow it got cut off. But there was a... An eight-year-old girl, there was a missionary team in another country, and, and the witch doctor in this country, he, every male child that was born, he wanted the male children, you know, he said that the, that the moon god and the sun god didn't want any male children. So if, if a woman had a baby and it was a male, he was to be sacrificed. He was to be given up. And the way they would do is they would dig a shallow grave. They'd plant the baby, cover him up, and leave. 
So this mother has a child. It's my, and I know this has to be for you from the Holy Spirit because I've studied as hard for this message today as any message I've ever studied. And this had no, nothing in it. This is directly from heaven for you today. This story was not a part of it. So this story is for somebody here for sure. And, and the Bible, uh, the, the story says this, that, that the mother has the baby. She has an eight-year-old daughter. The eight-year-old daughter is watching as the mother screaming and crying, trying to get them not to take her baby. The men of the tribe gather the baby up and take it off. The little girl follows them through the woods, hiding, dragging back. And she is looking and watching as they dig a little hole and put the baby in a hole. She waits until they leave, and she runs up and gets on her knees and starts pulling dirt back with her hands. And she's all dirty and all nasty, and she gathers the baby up, and she doesn't know what to do. But what she didn't know is there were some people that were strange. They were missionaries, and they had started a place there. She knew that something, she didn't know nothing about them, but she knew they were nice. She just understood that. And what she did is she gathered that baby up, took that baby to where the missionaries were, set that baby down, in the woods and hid and watched behind the trees and watched through the woods until one of the missionaries came out and finally found that baby and started to care for that baby and then a few days later she would come back and hide and try to look to see if she could see her little brother. She would hide and try to look, see if she could see her little brother and the missionaries started to notice her and they finally built a little bit of impact with her and as the story went on, the person that was telling this story was the boy that had gotten buried in the dirt. And as the story went on, the, the young girl got to know the missionaries, built a relationship. Uh, somehow our country and their country allowed them to be adopted in. They come back, and this boy tells a story about an eight-year-old girl that was brave enough to get down on her knees and get dirty to save him from a death that he didn't understand and have any power to get himself out of. Oh, that the church would get brave enough that we would be willing to get down in the dirt if we got to and pull it back off of people that's about to die, about to not. Pull it back! Pull it back! You gotta get dirty! Pull it back! You gotta sweat! Pull it back. Say it with me. Pull it back. Pull it back. Oh, look over at your neighbor and tell him it's time we get dirty again. Look over at your neighbor and tell him it's time we get dirty again. So the, so the Bible says that Eleazar, she says, yeah, I'll give you the drink. She said, bring your camels too. And he said, that's the one. Rebecca says, yeah, I'll give you a drink. She, she gets him water and he's waiting and she, she says, yeah, bring your camels too. Do you know, I, I like the scripture that God said that you'll be blessed in the field and blessed in the city. You'll be blessed going in, blessed coming out. I'll give you houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. But I do believe too that the church has to understand that Jesus said, if you want to reign with me, you're going to have to die with me. And, and I think we skipped over some of those verses somewhere along the line in this generation that is coming up. Uh, the generation that is coming up with us and behind us think that everything is, to, is owed to them. They work for a company for three weeks and they don't understand why they're not the CEO. I need to be in charge after three weeks. Uh, I don't understand why he makes more money or she makes more money. I don't understand. God's not looking for a bride that is not willing to put a little bit of work behind their faith. Put a little bit of action behind their faith. You, if you want to be the bride of Christ that the Holy Spirit came for, you've got to be willing to get a little dirty. This is a bloody gospel. 
It's a bloody gospel. It's real dirty. Well, don't say the word blood. I've been told that before. Pastor, don't, when you preach, don't say the word blood. That's not real political. I'm not running. <laughs> the Bible says that, now get this. When we read in the text, when Abraham sent his servant, he sent him with a bunch of gifts. A bunch of stuff. Said, go find a bride. Now, he had gifts, I'm sure, for the bride's father. I mean, you know, this dude's going to turn his daughter loose to go with a guy that he'd never met before to a country that she had never been before. But do you know when, Abraham, when, she, when she gave the camel something to drink, verse 22, let me read this to you in verse 22. I didn't tell you guys about this verse, and you, you may not be able to get up there, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to read it. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the men took a golden earring weighing half a shekel, a golden earring, the first piece of jewelry and the first gift that he gave her was an earring. An earring. An earring. Do you know what the servant was saying to her? If you'll give me your ear, I'll get you to the sun. If you'll give me your ear, I'll take you back to the Father. If you'll give me your ear, be careful who has your ear this morning. Be careful who you give access to your ear. Be careful who's allowed. See, the earring went in the ear, but it weighed down on the ear. It put a little weight on the ear. It, 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 be careful who's getting weight and gaining weighty access to your ear because that's who will lead you, and that's the direction you will go. I want the Holy Spirit to have my ear. I want God the Father to have my ear. I want the Son to have my ear. Why? Because I want to go where he wants to lead me. My question to you this morning is what avenues of your life have your ear what things that don't belong to God is weighty on your ear oh hallelujah I feel the Holy Ghost I'm going to say it again who has your ear what weight is shut who has your ear oh bless God let's give him our ear this morning church let's not just give God our heart but let's give him our ear the Bible said, let he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. You know what the hardest thing, Pastor, that I found in ministry is understanding that men and women gave their heart to God, but they refused to give their ear. I don't care what you preach, teach, or sing. You can have pipes like this guy. And then it's not fair. I'm just going to say it's cheating. It's cheating when you both can do it. It's cheating. Something's unfair about it. I can't play the radio without static. Just, they don't even need music. I come for the marriage conference, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in a chair and sing. The dude started singing. I was like, where's the rest of them? Is that in that little box? Be careful who has your ear. Listen to me. 
And for all of you in this house today that are parents or leaders, be careful who has your children's ear. It's important the Holy Spirit has your ear because most of the time, whether you believe it or not, your children have, you have their ear. They're watching you. They're mimicking you. They're not mimicking everybody else. They're mimicking you. So it's really important who has your ear. And the first thing he does is he puts an earring in her ear. And he says, hey, if you'll follow me. And then you know what he says? He goes to her house. And the father says, hey, y'all." the father sees the gifts. He sees the stuff. I think it's verse 24 or something like that. The father says, you know, you, you stay here. You can stay here with us. He said, is there room for us to lodge? Isn't that just like the Holy Spirit? <laughs> the servant says, you got room for me? The servant's asking, is there room for us to stay here? Do you got enough room for us to lodge here? You know, we don't want to just visit, but do, I, I, I know we're here right now. But can, do you have room for us to come in and stay with you? I don't know about you, but when I got saved, God didn't stay at the church. Uh, he went out the parking lot with me. Uh, he got in the Toyota with me. Uh, he went down the street with me. Uh, I made room in my life for him to lodge and live with me. Uh, we need more than God to just be in the church we need more than God to just be at the service you need to make room for the Holy Spirit oh I wish you could hear what I was telling you this morning I can't get off on a tangent and tell you how a woman and a man decided to make a room for the man of God when he would come to town. She said, honey, let's build a room on for that man of God so he's got a bed to sleep in, somewhere to eat, somewhere to rest when he's here preaching. They built the room on the man of God said, what is it y'all want from God? She said, don't play with me, man of God. I'm not kidding. That's in the Bible. Read it. She said, don't play with me. She said, I've been trying to have a kid for a long time. She said, I want a baby. He said, okay. She got pregnant. She had a baby. She made a room on for the man of God, but who you think slept in that room? When the man of God would come to town, she said, hey, He's the reason that you're alive. You're going to the couch. What I'm trying to tell you is whatever you'll make room for God to feel, he'll feel it for you. But what you don't make room for God to feel, he can't feel for you. He'll feel it for you. Then the Bible said that he brings out treasures and gifts. And he says, this is just a few of them. This is just a few of the treasures and a few of the gifts that I've got to give you. When we get back home to my father, there is so much more. Do you know, I, I hear people say all the time, they walk around looking like, uh, can, can I just be real for a minute? They won't, if I hurt somebody's feelings, okay, you're stuck here. I'm going back home. <laughs> Sorry. But maybe, maybe nobody in the 9 o'clock service. Maybe somebody in the 11 o'clock service, okay? We're not talking about y'all possibly the 11 o'clock service or the church down the street. I don't know. But every now and then I see church people that walk around looking like they have been eating lemons. You never met none of them, I don't get. But they look like they have just straight ate a lemon all day long. Got the most sour looking face that you ever see. And they're all the time saying things like, it's a hard way. It's a tough way. It's a narrow way. It's a rigid way. And then they say, you want to serve God? And somebody says, no way. 
Same person. Same type of people that say, boy, I bet it was terrible on the ark. I bet it stunk, all them stinking animals. Being stuck on that ark 40 days with your family. <laughs> Be tough, wouldn't it? Animals growling and squalling and birds squawking and stuff. It would be tough to be on that ark. I just got a little bit of update for you. It was a whole lot better on the ark than it was in the flood. I thank God that the ark is a lot better today. The church is a lot better today than what we give God credit for. I thank God to know to serve him is an honor and a benefit. I'm not a slave. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. You don't have to be here. God said you get to be here. Give him praise just because you get to be here today. Give God a praise. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I got I to gotta stop. I'm not going to hurt. Did you hear what I said? You don't have to be here. Quit going around talking about, I got to go to church. I got to get up. I got to get ready. I got, no, you don't have to. You could be in a hospital. You could be in a nursing home. You could be laid up. You could be drunk. You could be high. You could be passed out. You get to come to the house. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. you can change your mindset on that you stop being a slave to church and you stop being a slave to prayer and a slave to the word and you become a son and a servant and there's more joy in being a son and a servant than there is in being a slave do I got any sons and servants in the house give him one more big he said he said, Rebecca, I got a question. Will you go home with me and marry my, 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 my father's son? <laughs> Get this, he's asking her, a man that she just met, to follow him to a country she's never been, to marry a man that she's never known. The Bible says, having loved whom we have not seen. How can you love something you haven't seen? I'll make it real simple for you. You see that baby over on that lap? How many of you mothers in here loved your baby before you ever saw it? Because you carried it on the inside of you. Some people have a struggle loving God because they're not carrying him on the inside. But I promise you, when you're carrying him on the inside of you, you develop a completely different love for the one that you've not yet seen with your eyes, uh, the one that you've not heard yet with your ears, uh, the one that you've not yet you carry uh, completely. Uh. Look over somebody and tell them, say, you got to carry it. Come on, you got to carry it. We got to carry it. You got to carry it. But see, in this story, in this allegory, as, as I call it, this allegory story, there's characters in it that have representations, and I've got to hurry. We know that Abraham represents the father. We know that Isaac represents the son, Jesus Christ. 
we know that the servant, his name is Eleazar, he represents the Holy Spirit. We understand that Rebecca is a representation of the bride of Christ, the church, you and I. But there's one more in the story that we don't talk about that doesn't have a name. And I took the grace and the honor of giving it a name. See, the Bible says that when Rebecca come riding home to the sun, she was riding on a camel. It wasn't just the father in the picture. It wasn't just the son. It wasn't just this Holy Spirit or the servant. It wasn't just the bride, but there was a fifth member there. And it was a camel. And I took the liberty of calling this camel grace. This camel represents what grace is to the church today. Now the problem for people like me, if you've ever seen a camel... They're about nine foot tall. Now, when I walk up to a camel, I'm five foot seven with my shoes on. Been a lot of argument over that. There's been a lot of argument. People have argued with me on that. They're wrong. I'm five seven with my shoes on. I get to pick which shoes. But people like me aren't really built for camel riding. I'm built for homecomings. How? Am I going to get up nine foot on that camel's back? See what happens is the owner of the camel will walk over to the camel. He'll whisper a word in the camel's ear. And the camel will get all the way down. It will bend its knees in, its legs in, and it'll get down so low that even a child can get up on its back. Oh, thank you, God, that when I could not come to you, grace came all the way down to where I was. Thank you, God, that when I couldn't get to where you were, you still came down to me. There ought to be at least two or three people in this room that truly know you couldn't get to where he was, but he came way down. He came all the way down. The camel is known as the ship of the desert. It can carry all kinds of weight, Pastor. You can weight it down and it can still make it. It can carry stuff that you couldn't carry through the conditions. Do you know I'm finding out in life as I get older? I'm 42 years old now. But one thing I've learned is 20 years ago, I could carry more than I can carry now. Well, you ought to be stronger in the Lord. You ought to be more powerful in the Lord. You ought to be, I'm talking about physically. I know some of y'all are supernatural and y'all eat Elijah's bread every day. And, but I don't. My body gets tired. <laughs> My body wears down. But I, I used to, when I was 20 years old, I could carry a bigger load than I, than I can carry now. But do you know what I also learned over the years is sometimes the load wasn't about what I was carrying. It was about the conditions that I had to carry it through. The camel can carry the load through the conditions that you can hardly get through on your own. 
Matter of fact, the camel can carry the load through conditions that you can't get through on your own. I'm so glad today that grace can carry the load when it's too much for me. I'm so glad today that grace can carry the load uh, through the conditions that I couldn't get through on my own. I'm so glad today to know that the days I was buckling on my own, uh, the days I felt like I couldn't make it, uh, that the load wasn't too heavy, the pink slip wasn't too heavy, the divorce wasn't too heavy, the addiction wasn't too heavy, the letdown wasn't too heavy. Oh, thank God that grace can carry the load. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for every trial that your grace carried the load. The camel has a very special pad on the bottom of its foot, leathery pad. See, that sand gets so hot in the desert that you and I can't really walk on it. But that pad, the more weight it gets on it, the more it expands. The camel has a way that it can walk through things that would have wiped you and me out. The camel has a way that it can walk through things that other animals didn't make it through, other things didn't get through. Grace has a way that it can carry you through things that would have swallowed you up. Grace has a way that it just spreads out. The heavier it gets, the hotter it gets, the worse it gets. Grace says, uh, I can still carry you. I can still take you. I can still get you there. Uh, Grace has a way. It can walk through some very special conditions. Grace, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Twas grace that brought me safe thus far. And it's going to be grace that'll lead me home. Thank God for a camel called grace. The camel, I'll give you this and I'll stop. The camel has the largest throat of any animal. It doesn't drink water, it gulps water. I'm getting ready to tell you something that most of you as a child probably been taught this and you thought it your whole life. That big old hump on that camel's back. Whoever heard it, that's where the camel stores the water. It's not a sin to be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to eat is a sin. The camel does not store the water in the hump. That is a fat deposit. The camel has several stomachs that are layered with muscle. And the camel gulps water down in that massive throat. And the water is stored in the stomach. And what happens when the camel needs just enough water to get through, the muscles in the stomach start squeezing so hard that they squeeze out just enough water to make it through the moment. To keep the camel where it can keep going to where it needs to go. It squeezes out just enough water. And the excess of the water that's not in the stomach, you know where it's stored? I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. They, it's stored in the blood of the camel. I, I thank God today that there is grace in the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank God today that it's always going to be sufficient. It's always going to be enough. It doesn't run out. I'm not talking about 
yesterday's grace. I'm not talking about mama's grace. I'm not talking about tomorrow's grace. But I'm telling you there's a grace right now that is sufficient for you and your house. I wish somebody in this place understood that there was a grace that was sufficient. Watch this. Camel has two sets of eyelashes. I gotta hurry. Camel has two sets of eyelashes. Sandstorm comes. Do you know how, even right now, have y'all ever been up here? Because if you look up, it's hard to look up up here. Because the light is right in you. If you've ever been out in the desert, or just out on a hot sunny day in Charlotte. Sometimes you can't look up. The camel has two sets of eyelashes. It closes the first set. And when the rider on its back can't look up, he has to keep his head down. The camel can still look up. When I couldn't lift my head in my life at times, Grace said, when you couldn't look up, I could still look up for you. When you couldn't get your chin off your chest, I can still look up for you. And then when the storm gets so bad, the rider will take the turban and wrap his whole face. He can't see anything. How do you get to where you're going? Well, the camel shuts its other set of eyelashes, and the camel doesn't have to see because the camel knows the way home. All it's got to do is follow what it knows. There are times in my life that I can't see two feet in front of me. What's going on with me, my family, my life, my church, my people, my children, everything. But grace says, when you can't see, it's all right. Hold on, baby. I know the way. We'll make it. Hold on. We'll make it. I know the way. We're going to make it. It doesn't matter. We're going to make it. It doesn't matter. We're going to get there. And, and what I really love is they say when the storm gets so bad, Troy, when the tor storm gets so bad, him, the camel, when it, it knows that it's too dangerous to keep taking the rider through the storm, the camel will always turn to its left side and it will bear down and allow the rider to fall off on the right side. And all the rider has to do is sit down, lean up on the camel, and the camel takes the whole storm. Shields the rider when the storm's got too bad and you just sometimes have to be still and know that he is God when the storm's got too much and sometimes you just can't pray sometimes you just can't utter sometimes you don't have your best praise on sometimes you don't have your best prayer on and then what I love about it is when I heard him talk about the camel what amazed me more than anything is the camel always turns to the left and allows the rider to get off on the right side grace will always make a way for you and me to get off on the right side See, the world wants you to get off on the wrong side. But Grace said, I'll make a way that you can get off on the right side. I'll make a way that you can get off on the right side. I'll make a way. Come on, somebody. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Come here, sir. Come here. Yeah, you, you, you. Come here right now. Come here. Stand right here. Stand right here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. But I want to speak the truth to you. Do you want me to just pray for you? Or would you like me to give you the truth too? You sure? Because I'll give it to you. God said that for some point in your life as a younger child, you thought people didn't like you. And you've dealt with that your whole life and you've tried to battle against that. And God said, there are times that I want to release something in you, but it's held back because you still think people don't like you. And God said, today I want to break your addiction of being liked. I want to break this thing, this spirit that has lied to you, that has declared in your life, that has told. So God said to tell, he said to tell you this this morning. He said, I am the potter and you are the clay. He said, you've been trying to get cracks fixed and you've been trying to get things cut. But God said, I am about to take you all the way back and make you fresh and make you new. But you can't believe the lie anymore that the enemy has spoken over you. And I want you to say this with me this morning. Step a foot forward for me, six inches. Come here. I want you to say this. Say, I break agreement with every lie that I agreed with. I know who loves me. And I know whose I am. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break agreement with every lie. And I pray, Father, over his life that you would allow a river of living water to begin to flow out of him. No more will he want to be liked because he realizes that he's loved by the Most High in the name of Jesus. Was that ten, like 10 years old? It's like 10 years old when you started battling that little thing. You go in a room, you just thought people didn't like you. <laughs> Woo! I want to ask, is there anybody in this house this morning? Anybody in here this morning that you need grace today? You need it like never before. Maybe you can't see what's around the corner. And maybe you need him to be the ship that carries your heavy load. Now listen, listen. Stop, son. What's his name? Joey. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit just said you, you've got to keep your broken agreement with him. See, the Bible declares that if any two shall agree. It doesn't say if any two churches, any two saints, any two preachers, any two teachers. It says if any two shall agree upon touching any one thing on earth that it will be done that the Father in heaven will be glorified. The power of agreement is so strong that when the enemy speaks a lie to your mind, if you agree with it, you bring life to it. You're given a CPR. He's given a breath and you're doing chest compressions while you're agreeing. So you got to say, I don't agree with you. You're a liar and the father of all lies. I am loved by the most high. I am loved by the almighty, the prince of peace, the truth of the nation. If you're here today 
you're carrying a load and you feel like you're about to buckle we want to pray for you together we want to pray that grace would intervene we want to pray do you know when you won't need grace anymore pastor Pastor M, the Bible said that Rebecca come riding in on the camel. Here come the servant. Here come the stuff. And when Rebecca sees the son for the first time, when she sees Isaac, she pats the camel on the side, says, thanks for the ride, old girl. But I'm home where the son is. I won't need you anymore. I'm here to tell you, you need grace today until the moment that you lay your eyes and fix your eyes on the son. I want to declare to you this altar is open to you if you need prayer. If you need prayer. It is open to you if you need prayer. Your grace is more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. Your grace is more than enough. More than we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to believe for you. Your grace is more than enough. More than enough. Yeah. More than enough. Help me say, Your grace is more than enough. Yeah.
how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see your grace. Your grace is more than enough. More than, more than enough. More than enough. Your grace. Your grace is more than enough. Your grace is so much more.
Your loving kindness is more than enough. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Your loving kindness is more than enough. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Your loving kindness is more than enough. One more time, say. I thank you for your grace. Hey. I thank you for your love. Loving kindness. Your loving kindness is more than enough. Thank you for your. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Loving kindness. Your loving kindness is more than enough. I thank you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Your loving kindness is more than enough. Yeah. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Your loving kindness. And before we transition, you should bow your heads all over the room. The Bible says that where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Grace has flooded this place this morning. And if you're here today, whether in the room watching on live stream, and you're wrapped up in a sin that has weighted you so down, the good news is that there is a flood of grace in this place that can wash away every sin. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done as much as it matters what he's done for you. No man can come to the Father saying the Spirit draw them according to Scripture. Today, grace will lead you all the way home. If you're in this room this morning, you're on live stream today, you're watching and you're far from God, you're in a relationship that is not with the Lord, what we call that is sin. Sin is not some evil, ugly word that just makes it real spiritual. Sin is this thing that separates us from the fullness of the love of the Father in our life. Today, grace is abounding in this place so that sin can no longer have a hold. Separation is no longer allowed in your life. But you and I must yield to it. If you're in this room this morning and you're far from the Lord, one person's already been led to the Lord this morning. Come on, one person's already been gone. One, one person's already been raised from death to life this morning. Today, if you're in this room, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you say, Pastor, I'm far from God. Today, I wanna yield myself. I wanna come unto grace to be saved by faith through grace. 
You're here today and you're far from God, Pastor. That's me. Just lift your hand all over this room. I'm looking for you. If that's you, I'm far from God today. There's one hand. I see your hand. Yep. Yep. There's one. There's one more right there. Come on. You can put that hand right back down. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I'm far from God, Pastor. Remember me. Remember me. Then I have to assume that every one of us are good today. I have to assume, with the exception of one person who's about to come into the beloved, that we're all righteously redeemed, saved by grace through faith. And today, we pray right now. Come on, I want you to agree with me. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I yield myself to you. I yield myself to you. Jesus. Jesus. Save me. Save me. Jesus. Jesus. Wash me. Wash me. Jesus. Jesus. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. From all my sin. From all my sin. You died. You died. So that I don't have to. So that I don't have to. Your blood was shed. Your blood was shed. So that I could be set free. So I could be set free. And you rose again. And you rose again. So that I could be yours. So that I could be yours. For all of eternity. For all of eternity. Today, today, by faith, by faith, through grace, through grace, we say, we say, we are saved, we are saved, washed, washed, whole, whole, made pure, made pure, made yours, made yours, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it, we thank you for right it, right now, right now, somebody give God praise all over the room oh, this morning, now I want you to praise him like it was your family member, yeah, yeah. we praise you, we praise you, we praise you, hallelujah, Well, that's good stuff this morning. Yeah. Yes. How many riding a camel all the way home? Hallelujah. I'm not talking about what you got in the parking lot. I'm talking about all the way home, y'all. Riding a camel all the way home. Man, Pastor Phil, thank you for that word. What a word. What a word. In season. Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting with us today. What good would this place be if you were not here? We do not make room for you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you have the room. And we thank you for the goodness that we're seeing right here in the land of the living. We thank you for your faithfulness. We bless your name. Now, according to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11, I say, may the Lord, the God of your fathers, may he increase you a thousand times more than what you are, and may he fulfill every promise that he has given you in the name of the Father, in the freedom that comes from the Son, and in the power of the Spirit of the Lord, we say yes and amen. Come on, before we leave today, if you got one more praise, give it to him. Give it to him. Listen, they, they just told me that the floodgates are open outside. Hallelujah. You might as well stay for the second service. <laughs> or at least the second offering. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Listen, uh, please be careful on the way out. I'm, I know we've got tons of umbrellas. I'm sure our ushers will be a part of that. But I'm going to ask you to actually leave this way today versus going back out and around just for your own safety. Please be careful going out. And remember us, this afternoon, 5 to 8 o'clock, Pastor Phil will be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. God bless you.